You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 231. What does a successful connect group meeting look like? And you may call them something different. You could say, what does a successful small group meeting look like? Or a cell group, or whatever you call them. But you know what we're talking about here. We're talking about small group meetings within your local church um, as an outreach of your local church. Something that um, you're doing outside the four walls of your church to build the church, but also to build community. And last week we talked um, about why every church needs to have small groups. And if you didn't hear that that episode, I encourage you to go back and and uh, listen to it. I think we looked at four different reasons why every church needs to have a small group or a connect group type of program. But today I want to talk about what a successful small group meeting looks like. And and I get it. There's a there's a variety of different types of groups. I mean, in our church we have um you know, more traditional Bible study and prayer type groups. We've got uh groups that are themed around different things. We've got a tennis group. We've got um sometimes people like to get together and cook. We've got uh one men's group that um gets together and watches, you know, movies. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of game nights. There's all different kinds of things you can do. But I want to just kind of generalize and give you 10 different um, things that need to be present within every group. In some capacity or other, these things need to be present in, in pretty much every group. And uh, these 10 things really are, are kind of maxims for uh, for building successful small groups. But before we do that, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. If you're looking for a great study for your small group, check out New Testament Snapshots. Click on the link, check it out on Amazon. You can read the first chapter or so for free. But this is the perfect book for a small group study because we look at some of the characters from the New Testament who don't get quite as much press as the main guys, Jesus and Paul and Peter. We know all about those guys. But what about some of the guys that are a little bit more in the background? So there's 12. We actually examined 12 of these these people um, in the pages of the book. So you could actually create a, you know, a... 11 or 12 week study based on on this book the the chapters are easy to read there's some discussion questions at the end it's perfect for individual or group study so check out new testament snapshots so let's jump in we've got um 10 different things that need to be present if you're going to have a successful small group connect group cell group type meeting so what are these 10 things? First of all, 
we're running a connect group, not a connect meeting. And this sounds like just a little play on words, but it's really not. You are building a group. The meeting is going to happen, but the fact of the matter is you're building community. You're building relationships. You're helping people make friends. Obviously, there's a spiritual element here, but creating the right kind of group is so important. You know, in, in the big church on Sunday, it's it's difficult to, to really build relationships there. It's in the connect setting, the small group setting where relationships are developed. So cultivate this group atmosphere. Create a spirit of hospitality where whether you're meeting at, a, at your home or you're meeting at a cafe or somebody else's home, be there early. If you're the leader, be there early to welcome people and, to, uh, and make sure you spend time connecting with everybody. Um, you know, look, we all fall into that habit of wanting to just talk to our friends, but, you know, really we all should be looking to invest in new relationships and talk to people. And if you're the leader, this is an absolute essential that you're uh, connecting and talking to every person that's showing up in your group. Number two, good food. There's really not a whole lot more to say about this. If you want to have a successful connect group, you've got to have good food. Um, I've been to some meetings where the food was really lacking, and you know it's 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 actually it's kind of symptomatic. In the groups where the food was bad, usually there were a lot of other things that weren't that great in the group either. Um, there's something about connecting over a meal. And of course, you can decide not to do a full meal. You may want to just do snacks and coffee. That's fine. But listen, good food is going to bring people into your group. You know, one of the most successful small groups that we ever led, and we led this one for a number of years, was we would have themed food nights. So we would meet, you know, every couple of weeks, and we would say, all right, Next week, next time we meet, we're going to have Asian food. And then the next time, we might have Italian food. And then we would have German food. Um, you know, we would have breakfast for dinner. And we would vary it around. Maybe we'd have pizza night. Everybody brings their favorite pizza. But whatever it is, everybody loved this. They looked so forward to what um, each person was going to bring you know, on Italian night or Asian night or whatever. And so it was really a lot of fun, and it really contributed to the overall atmosphere of the group. So good food is so important. Number three, focus on meeting outside just the connect groups. In other words, encourage people to get together. Encourage relationships and friendships outside of just your connect group. Um Really, that's our goal is to build community. And you as a leader can can really kind of help set the tone for this. You know, get together with people from your group. Have them over. Make sure as the leaders you maybe schedule one-on-one -on -one time with uh, one or two of the other couples or individuals in your group um, to have a meal or to have a coffee. Um, this is really important because the goal, again, we're building relationships, we're building community, and we're helping people get integrated into the life of our church. So focus on meeting outside the Connect setting. Number four, have fun. 
laughter is one of the greatest gauges for how well your group is going. If there's not a lot of laughter going on, we might want to evaluate, you know, what's happening here because there's just something about when people get together and they're having a good time, there's laughter, there's joy, there's animated conversation. Maybe everybody doesn't maybe everybody's not laughing at every joke, but but you know what I mean, there's animated conversation. People are enjoying themselves. And really, as the leader, you cultivate this and you create this atmosphere. Create good conversations. Encourage people to have fun. You know, another great gauge for a, for a connect group is people don't want to leave. You know, they enjoy the atmosphere so much. You know, sometimes you really just have to kind of tell them, say, hey, listen, we're going to bed now. And, uh, and we'll talk more about timing later. But, um, but you know, it's, it's a good thing when people enjoy being with you and the others that they don't want to leave. So have fun. Number five, have or create the right connect group format. What's the format for your meeting? And like I said, there's so many different types of groups, but for a general type of small group meeting, a really good format is start with food and, of course, discussion and, and, and conversation built around the table as people are eating and, you know, connecting. But then you can move into the the, the, the meeting part of your group um, where you're having discussion, Bible study, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so discussion and prayer, and then maybe coffee and dessert. Or say, hey, listen, there's still plenty of food left over if you want to have some more to eat. But food which, of course, creates conversation, and then a time of sharing, Bible study, prayer, whatever it is that you're doing, and I'll talk more about that in a couple of minutes. Um, And then um, possibly more food, coffee, however you want to do it. But having the right format really goes a long way. Um, We found that if you say, hey, we're going to wait till the end to have dinner, eh, Sometimes people don't really want to do that because you come in, maybe they're hungry, they're looking forward to the food, the food gets cold. So there's something about starting with food. It breaks barriers down, it creates conversations, and you're building community. Excuse me. Just a quick recap. We're halfway done, but let me give you a quick recap. Number one, we're running a connect group, not a connect meeting. Number two, good food. Number three, Focus on meeting or creating relationships outside of just the group setting. Number four, have fun. Number five, do you have the right format? Number six, this is an important one. What are you going to be discussing? Is your group going to be a Bible study? Are you going to be talking about the pastor's sermon? You know, a lot of churches do this. They'll They'll send out notes to their Connect leaders, and they'll discuss the the previous message from Sunday in the group. This is a great way to to get what the pastor is communicating into the life of the church when every Connect group is is discussing it in some way, shape, or form. So this is an awesome thing to do. But you might be having a Bible study. You might be um, talking about the pastor's sermon. You might be... um, uh, you know, really, any number of things. You might doing a, be, be doing a book study. I mentioned my book, New Testament Snapshots. Um, it's, it's a great book for a small group study. Um, and book studies are a lot of fun, too. But whatever you're doing, create an environment 
where people are interacting. And we do this by asking, as the leader, we're asking good, open-ended discussion questions. You know, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. And this is hard for me because I like to teach. But in a small group setting, I really try and limit uh, how much I teach and create questions that pull people in. Because this is such a good way for people to um, share their hearts, to share experiences they've had, and to be heard. You know, there's something powerful about being heard. And, um, you know, of course, you've got to be able to control the discussion. You don't want people monopolizing the discussion. These things go without saying. But our goal is to get our people talking about things that are important. And again, for a person who's a teacher like me, this is really hard. And, and I've got a, a young man that I coach who's a connect leader. And, you know, the format that I've, that I've kind of shared with him is, look, you've come in and you've got what you want to share about. You've got the, the, the things that you want to discuss. So teach for a minute or two and then ask some discussion questions and get people talking about it. Ask them good questions, not just yes or no questions, but ask them discussion questions, open-ended questions about what they think. And let the discussion go wherever wherever it goes. If there's a pause and there's an opportunity, then you can teach for another minute and share another point or share something. But remember, the goal is not about how much you know. It's about creating an atmosphere where people can learn together. So Really, this is so important. What are we going to be discussing? And this kind of goes back to the question before. What's what's your group format going to be? Number seven, cultivate a culture of prayer. <clears throat> you know, there is something powerful about when we pray for each other's needs. And, you know, we don't just do it kind of as a, as a passing thing. You know, we don't just kind of at the end of the group say, God bless everybody. No, we actually create time. We create space in our group, 10, 15 minutes or so, where we can, where we can pray for each other. And you know, some people don't feel comfortable praying in a public setting, and that's fine. But if they continue to be a part of the group, they're going to get an opportunity to participate. And so, you know, we as leaders, we have to lead the way. We pray for people. We, we maybe lay hands on people that are, <clears throat> that are dealing with physical issues or whatever it might be. But, but we, we lead the way by praying for people and by showing our concern. And, you know, listen, there is nothing more powerful than when we come together as a group and somebody in the group says, you know, listen, I was struggling with this thing, and you guys prayed for me, and boom, God did this. When somebody comes in who's looking for a job, and you pray together as a group for that person, and they come back and say, listen, God opened this incredible door for this incredible job. There's something powerful. It builds our faith. It builds, it. you know, it really does something amazing in each of our lives when we see God answering prayer. So make time for prayer. Cultivate a culture of prayer because, you know, people come in and they're carrying things. And, you know, like I said last week, the the the, the small group setting is where most of the pastoral ministry in your church takes place. The pastor can't do it all, especially for a church of any size. So, <clears throat> so this goes down to the, the small group setting where, you know, people come in and they're carrying needs and you know, there's physical issues, there's financial issues, there's relational issues, there's job issues, whatever. 
and we pray together for those things. And so often, that's where that person's healing comes from. It's not them sitting down and talking to the senior pastor. It's them in their small group, in their connect group, or their cell group, sharing their life with each other and praying for each other. This is so powerful. So create a culture of prayer. Number eight, don't go too long. Respect people's times. I've been in connect groups where they go for gosh, two, three hours, and it's like, I just don't have this much time. People have lives. They've got kids. They have to get up to go to school. It's uh, Listen, let's respect people's time. You know, really, I say an hour to an hour and a half tops. If if people are really enjoying it and you want to say two hours, that's great. But, I, you know, I recommend having a, a very hard stop time you can be flexible on the start time. I mean, a lot of times we would say, you know, group's going to start at 7 and people would show up a few minutes before, a few minutes after 7. And we knew we weren't going to actually get started till 7.15. But then we would say, okay, we're going to eat for 30 minutes and then at 7.45 we're going to kick into the actual meeting, discussion, prayer, connection time. And then by, you know, 8.30 we tried to be done. Or if we were in a group that was going two hours, we'd say, okay, we're going to be done by, you know, 8.45, and then people can kind of mingle for 15 minutes. But we'd say, listen, at 9 o'clock, everybody's got to go because we have to get up early. And, you know, most people, when you tell them, hey, listen, you know, by 9 or by 8.30, we got to get going because, you know, I need you guys going. Love you, but (laughs) if you want to chat, come early. People appreciate that. Um, if we don't say that, then they're going to feel comfortable just hanging out for hours and telling us about their deepest, darkest problems, which there's a time and a place for that, but, you know, it doesn't have to be every week. And so that's why I say when, when you, when you have, a, have a start time, have a hard end time, and let people know what your expectations are. Respect people's time and they will appreciate it. Number nine. Offer regular events as a connect group, as a small group. Offer regular events that you can bring unchurched people to. Now, of course, you can bring unchurched people to your regular connect group. That's awesome. But the reality is, once they realize there's a spiritual component, that you're going to be maybe having a Bible study or talking about the pastor's sermon, and you're going to be praying, they might not feel comfortable with that yet. So what else can we do to create an atmosphere for unchurched people, maybe people that you work with or family or neighbors or friends. Um, some of the things we've done, go to a ball game. You know, we live, there's a AAA ball team, you know, close by. And, you know, you can go and it's pretty cheap and, you know, have a picnic and have fun. That's a, that's a great event. Or maybe meet at a park and have a cookout. That's a great event. And on those meetings, you can actually kind of tone down. Maybe you don't really have discussion. Maybe the only prayer you have is praying over the food, and you're really focused on outreach and connecting with people who aren't churched. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you know, once a semester, you'll say, okay, this, this particular connect group, we're going to have, you know, a special uh, meal, and we're not going to really... Um, discuss the pastor's message. We're just going to have a meal and some connection. And so, you know, this is an opportunity to invite people to maybe who aren't in church, but now they're able to connect with church people, people that you're, you know, believers that can start building relationships with them. And now you've got an opportunity to um, possibly down the road 
invite them back to Connect Group for a normal Connect Group meeting, and then ultimately let's see them come to know Jesus and then get involved in the life of the church, right? So all for regular events you can bring unchurched people to. All right, number 10. Number 10. Let's recap. Recap. We, we, we're, we're doing 10 maxims to run a successful small group meeting. Number one, we're, we're running a connect group, not a connect meeting. Focus on building the right kind of group of people. Number two, good food. Number three, focus on meeting outside the connect setting. Build relationships. Number four, have fun. Number five, get the right connect group format. What's the format going to be for your group? Number six, what are you actually discussing? Is it a Bible study, a pastor sermon, a book study, or something else? Number seven, cultivate a culture of prayer. Let's get into the habit of praying for each other. Number eight, don't go too long. Set clear start and stop times. Number nine, offer regular events that you can bring non-church people to. And then number 10, number 10, talking to the connect group leader here, talking to the small group leader, who is helping you lead this group? You know, one of the great things, we talked about this last time, one of the great things about running small groups is they provide such a great place to help us train and develop leaders. And that's really what our heart is, to always be raising up new leaders. And really, your goal should be to raise up connect leaders who can help you and maybe down the road plant their own group or start their own group. So who is helping you run the group? And, you know, you might start off, because we've, we've run groups with, with assistance, we've run groups without assistance, and sometimes the season's just not right, there's just nobody there to help you, but maybe a few weeks in, one couple or, or, or a single person maybe kind of starts to step up and you see there's leadership on their life. And um, now you can start giving them some responsibility and say, hey, listen, can you send out an email this week just reminding everybody and, or send out a group text letting everybody know what the theme for the food is this week? Or um, can, you, can you email out the uh, prayer list that you know, we're praying for for each person in the group. So, um, you know, you're pulling them in, you're giving them responsibility, and then let them lead the discussion some. Let them be involved in praying for people. We want to develop them as leaders. So number 10, who is helping you lead your group? Because we always want to be, <clears throat> excuse me, developing other leaders. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you, giving you 10 maxims, 10 thoughts on running a successful small group meeting. But what did I miss? I'm sure I missed something. Let me know. Go to, go to my website. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. I'd love to know what you think about this important topic. While you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep developing leaders.